For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be diving into Week 9 of the NFL season. We're breaking down the San Francisco 49ers' upcoming Thursday night matchup with the Green Bay Packers from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on, and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Van Barrett Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. And before we end up going on break, we previewed what we were going to end up doing for this week's show here on November 4th. I know a lot of you expect the show to be on Thursday, but of course the San Francisco 49ers are expected to play on Thursday. So for that reason, that is why we are bumping up the show this week by one day. Now, as of right now, before we actually get into the breakdown for the game, it is worth mentioning that this game is still scheduled for Thursday night. Of course, both teams have had some COVID issues throughout the course of the week, so there is a chance this game could be moved to potentially Sunday, but as of right now, the game is supposed to take place on Thursday, so that is why we're doing the show early. But going into the matchup, before we end up doing that, we're going to break down what happened last week. We ended up splitting as we ended up going 1-1 one one in the San Francisco matchup against Seattle. We were wrong completely on the side. I thought San Francisco would win the game outright. I thought they would be very competitive, and unfortunately, that was not the case. They ended up getting blown out. And then we also had the over with Seattle and San Francisco, thanks to a very, very, uh, you know, pretty high-scoring fourth quarter. I ended up getting there, so we ended up splitting going one and one. Now, for the lines on Thursday's game, Green Bay is currently a six-point favorite, and the total has dropped from 50.5 to 49.5, so we're going to use those lines right now at time of recording. Now, looking at uh, the road team here, we're going to dive into Green Bay first. They ended up losing in pretty disappointing fashion to a division rival at home in the Minnesota Vikings as they were favored in that game by roughly a touchdown and ended up losing by six. Main reason why they ended up losing was their rush defense as Dalvin Cook absolutely torched them as Dalvin Cook ended up totaling four touchdowns. He had 163 rushing yards and he also had a screen pass which he took to the crib for 50 yards and a score. So Kirk Cousins did absolutely nothing offensively when it comes to throwing the ball. He was 11 for 14. One passing touchdown didn't do anything wrong, etc. But only 14 pass attempts tells you all you need to know about how Minnesota won the game by scoring 28 points. Dalvin Cook, I just mentioned, led the way. He also led the team in receiving. You had pretty poor weather in Green Bay. A little bit of snow, a little bit of wind. 
which is why the leading re- wide receiver in terms of yards for Minnesota was Adam Thielen with 29 receiving yards. So Minnesota defensively looked very sharp. They had one sack against Rodgers. Struggled a bit early on, but buckled down, gave up no points in the third quarter before giving up a pretty much a garbage time touchdown in the fourth. So the defense definitely responded well to the halftime adjustments and that helped them move the record to 2-5. and five. Of course, this team still has basically no chance of making the playoffs, but at the end of the day, they do... Uh, I, they still, uh, you know, tried to show up against a rival, and Green Bay at home definitely had an underwhelming performance as Aaron Rodgers led the way. Three touchdowns, 291 passing yards. He was very solid. Jamal Williams looked pretty good as the lead running back. 16 carries, 75 yards. Of course, they were trailing a decent portion of the game in the second half, which is why uh, they ended up abandoning the run somewhat in the second half. Leading the way in the receiving court was Devontae Adams, as he had 53 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns, which is the second straight week he's had multiple receiving touchdowns. So San Francisco will need to make sure they cover him in the red zone. Robert Tanyan, tight end, had a solid game, 79 receiving yards. Other than that, though, really nobody else did anything. Jamal Williams had six catches for 27 yards, mostly dump-off passes in the pass game, but nobody else really did anything. So some other guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling might have to step up moving forward, as well as St. Brown. Keep that in mind. You might end up seeing Tyler Irvin uh, catch some more passes because Jamal Williams, of course, now is not going to be playing because of COVID. So for that reason, Tyler Irvin should begin to start at running back. But Green Bay is currently 5-2. and two. They are still in first place in the division since Chicago ended up losing to the Saints. They should win the division pretty easily because Chicago is so underwhelming despite having a 5-3 and three record. But going to this matchup, they're a little bit of a revenge spot here. Now, I know, of course, everyone remembers that San Francisco ended up dominating Green Bay in both meetings last year. Blew them out in the regular season meeting, and they met in the NFC title game, and these 49ers ended up blowing them out once again, thanks to Raheem Mostert, who ended up going off. The one thing you have to keep in mind for Green Bay, though, is the fact that their defense has been struggling, especially against the run. So San Francisco, despite missing a bunch of pieces, which we'll get into in a little bit, should be able to run the ball pretty easily behind that great offensive line of theirs. And that should be the recipe for success when it comes to San Francisco. But looking at the 49ers and what happened last week, they ended up getting embarrassed by Seattle, which we talked about. They ended up losing by 10. It was a lot worse uh, going in. San Francisco only had seven points through three quarters before scoring 20 in the fourth in garbage time, thanks to Nick Mullins taking over and Seattle playing a prevent defense. Looking through the starting quarterback, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, who was awful. 11 for 16, 84 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. Three sacks, really just bad performance, 14.5 QBR. Of course, now Garoppolo is injured. He's going to be out several weeks, so he is not going to be starting. Nick Mullen should be getting the starting job, which is deserved, which is uh, deserving because of his performance last week. Even in garbage time, 18 of 25, two touchdowns, no picks, 238 passing yards, QBR of 97. He also led San Francisco to three touchdown drives in one quarter, so that definitely is something that is worth mentioning. Leading the way on the ground was Jermichael Hasty as he struggled a lot on the ground, as he had 12 carries for 29 yards, but he did end up finding the end zone once, so he was able to reach the end zone. You had Tevin Coleman's return, which was short-lived. He had three carries for 20 yards, and then he ended up getting injured, re-aggravated his knee injury, and he is most likely not going to be playing in this game and potentially for a few other weeks. So that is something that is worth keeping in mind. But looking at everyone else, you had Jarek McKinnon, who was okay. He had three rushes for negative one yards, but one rushing touchdown, but he ended up catching... Four pass for 40 yards, of course, McKinnon being a third down pass catcher. That is definitely something that is uh, expected, especially moving forward now that San Francisco's receiving core is a little bit uh, injury riddled. Looking at the receiving core that we just talked about, you have Brandon Ayuk, who was great. 
Eight receptions, 91 yards, one touchdown. He was very solid. Kendrick Bourne was good as well. Eight receptions, 81 yards. Uh, unfortunately, though, Bourne ended up testing positive for COVID, so he will not be playing in this game either. And the 49ers ended up, ended up cutting uh, Dante Pettis. So their receiving core is really, really depleted. That is definitely something that is worth monitoring, as Trent Taylor should get a boost in terms of snaps because they really don't have many other bodies at the wide receiver position. But looking at the tight ends, you had George Kittle, who ended up having two catches for 39 yards. He got injured. He's out for roughly eight weeks with a foot injury. So now you should be getting a decent amount of Ross Dwelly. Plus, you do have the return of Jordan Reed off of the IR after he got injured against the Giants about a month or two ago. So he will be back. He should get most of the starts at uh, tight, uh, most of the snaps, I should say, at, t- at the tight end spot, but I expect a decent amount of dual tight end sets because of the injuries to the receiving core. Other than that, though, really not much else to talk about from the receiving core aspect. Uh, you ended up having some turnover issues for the 49ers. I already mentioned the one reception Garoppolo had. You also had a fumble loss by Dante Pettis, who we just mentioned, who ended up getting cut. Garoppolo fumbled once. It was recovered, though. Hasty fumbled once. Ended up going out of bounds. But three fumbles, definitely not ideal. 49ers will need better ball security moving forward, especially against Green Bay, who will be looking to torch uh, San Francisco's injured defense as well as now their injured offense on both sides of the ball as a revenge spot from last year that I talked about before. Defensively, though, they ended up recording two sacks. Did not play well, though. Russell Wilson ended up having 261 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. QBR of 88.6. Then again, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. He's the favorite to win the MVP for a reason. He's just on another planet. So the San Francisco will hopefully experience a little bit more success against Aaron Rodgers in this home game coming up. Uh, Seattle running the ball was not successful. DJ Dallas got the start because of injuries to Hyde and Carson. He had 18 carries for 41 yards, which is equivalent to 2.3 yards per carry. Ended up having a rushing touchdown, and he also had a receiving touchdown. So he had a pretty solid day. But other than that, though, the receiving core for Seattle, DK Metcalf, was ridiculous. 12 catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns. That is a pretty bad sign, considering the fact that as the number one receiver for Seattle, he went off and now you have to face off against Devontae Adams, who is one of the best receivers in the league once again which is a serious problem, so keep that in mind. Out of all of the receiving touchdowns Seattle had, they had four, three or two wide receivers, so San Francisco's secondary will need to do a better job moving forward, especially against Aaron Rodgers and company, so that is something that is also worth monitoring. But now looking at this actual matchup, I already talked about the injury reports, but I'm going to do it once again. Both these teams are going to be missing some key pieces. Green Bay is going to be missing most likely Aaron Jones with the calf injury on the short week, and also Jamal Williams. So now they're going to be down to a third-string running back, probably Irvin, who might get the start. You also have Dexter Williams, who might get called up from the practice squad, and he might assume the short yard situation because he is a much bigger body than Irvin. Irvin's more of a pass-catcher exclusive running back because he used to play wide receiver. They converted him, stuff like that. So Green Bay, besides that, is relatively healthy. Looking at San Francisco, though, they are completely battered. I already talked about Garoppolo not being there. Coleman's not going to be there. Kittle's not going to be there. Defensively, they still have a decent amount of injuries, of course, with Bosa and Thomas and all these guys who were out the whole year. Sherman also is still not returned, which is definitely a problem because the secondary has been underwhelming in comparison to recent years. So that is something to keep in mind. D. Ford's still out. Most likely, both of them are going to be out till week 12. So that's definitely a problem. Uh, but... Looking at all of that, all when it's said and done, I do think this game will be closer than odds makers anticipate. It's a short week. Both teams should be very, very eager to get back on track after terrible showings in Week 8. Now, I know that Green Bay is currently favored by 6, 
I think that makes sense because of the injuries, but the one thing I have to wonder for Green Bay is the fact that they are awful against the run. I talked about it before. San Francisco needs to go back to their identity with Shanahan, which is just run the ball as much as possible, create third and shorts, and try to convert those. I do think that Hasty will have a very good game on the ground. I think McKinnon will provide a bit of juice as well. Uh, I know Jeff Wilson being out also hurts because he had a very, he had a, pretty much a coming out party against New England, and then he ended up going on IR right after that, which is a perfect summary of the 49ers season so far. But I do think that San Francisco will be able to keep this game close. I do think this game will be on the lower scoring side. I do think that even though Aaron Rodgers has the ability to light it up, I do think that San Francisco will try to play time of possession, ball control offense, and try to keep Rodgers off the field as much as possible. The recipe for success for San Francisco throughout the last couple of years has been, of course, running the ball first, and then setting up play-action opportunities, usually for Garoppolo. Now, I know Garoppolo's out and Mullen's taking over. Truth is, and no offense to Garoppolo, I don't know how to say this without being offensive, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo and Mullins is that big of a drop-off. I don't think Garoppolo is that good. I think that the 49ers will move on from him during the offseason. And Mullins, I know that he is not great by any means. The reason why he's a backup quarterback, really not that bad if you've watched him play. I'm not saying that he is going to be a starter on any of the other 32 teams. Maybe, you know, Jacksonville now or any of these other really, really awful teams. But... I think he's a capable backup who should be able to produce pretty well against a Green Bay defense that has struggled a bit overall. And most of Green Bay's solid performances have come against weak offenses. So I do think that San Francisco should be able to experience some success with Mullins. But I do think that they will rely heavily on the ground game. I think this game will be low scoring. I do think Green Bay will win, but I think this game will be somewhere in the realm of 24-20. I think this game will be a one-possession game late. I think that Green Bay might have the ball even down in the fourth quarter, but I think Rodgers will lead his team to a victory, and I do think that San Francisco will keep this game very competitive in a very nice home effort, but Green Bay will get the revenge as they will win this game probably about four points. So for that reason, I think the score will be 24-20, to which means I think that Green Bay and San Francisco will combine to go under the posted total of 49.5, and I also like San Francisco plus the 6.5, which you should probably end up waiting for because it should end up climbing to 7 right around uh, kickoff as it ended up going from 6 to 6.5 in a decent amount of books. But for time recording, I do like the 6.5 for San Francisco. I think that's too many points for a home underdog. So that's my thoughts on the overall game. Now looking at the upcoming matchups for San Francisco, Drew and Elgin too good right now for San Francisco. In addition to all the injuries, the division keeps uh, getting tougher. Of course, the Rams took a massive step backwards last week as they ended up losing to the Dolphins. Uh, they are 5-3. and three. Arizona, the off week, they are 5-2. and two. They play Miami now. And you also have Seattle, who's 6-1. and one. San Francisco is not going to catch Seattle. Seattle's probably going to win the division. That team is insanely talented. Arizona, I'm still not sure how good they are. Of course, they've looked really good lately, but they ended up beating Dallas. They beat the Jets. They did have the impressive win against Seattle. But off the bye week, I'm still kind of curious if this team will be able to handle the pressures of competing for a playoff spot with the amount of inexperience on the team. The Rams, they are what they are. Pretty solid defense. Their running game is pretty decent overall. Not a big Jared Goff guy. I've mentioned that previously. So Goff, if anything, is going to hold them back. But I do think the Rams have enough talent to finish the season probably around 9-7, and which means San Francisco is going to need to rack up some wins here as they are 4-4, and and at this halfway point in the season, you have to start wondering if they will be able to make the playoffs. Most likely not, based on what's happening so far, but you never know. But the upcoming weeks here, you got at home against Green Bay, then on the road against the Saints, 
not ideal on the road against the Rams, then at home against the Bills. Then they have a pretty easy two weeks. You have the you have Washington and the Cowboys. But you're going from Packers at home to Saints on the road to Rams on the road. Not exactly a great three-week stretch there. The 49ers lose all three of those games at 4-7. and seven. It's a wrap. So they're probably going to need to win two of those games, be 6-5 and five going into their matchup with the Bills. So a lot of pressure on San Francisco, and I do think they will respond. I don't think it'll be enough, but I do think they will be able to keep this game competitive. Meanwhile, Green Bay, they're in a situation where, don't get me wrong, wins would help, but I really am just so low on Chicago. I don't think it's really going to matter. I think Green Bay should win this division. Chicago is right now one of the worst 5-3 and three teams. I think Chicago might go 8-8. Eight eight. I really think they're about to implode. But looking at the upcoming weeks for Green Bay, you play on the road against the 49ers, you play at home against Jacksonville, on the road against the Colts, and at home against the Bears, and then at home against the Eagles. Really not that bad. You also finish off the season against the Lions, the Panthers. You know They have, they have a decent amount of wins there. Should probably finish with at least 10. I think they'll beat Chicago at home uh, in a couple of weeks on November 29th. So at the end of that, I think Green Bay should be fine with division win or lose, but I think a win will definitely help. So once again, for this installment of Ben Barry Podcast here on November 4th, I like the 49ers plus the 6.5, and, and I also like the under 49.5. And overall, though, that's been this installment of the Ben Barry Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Rochelle, and good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.